Which Cardinals player on this roster is poised for a breakout season? Would the team be interested in adding a guy who is a four-time gold glove winner, silver slugger winner, and a World Series champion, and just so happens to be a free agent now? And we've got news and notes around the league, including the latest on the starting pitching market. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. First and foremost, I hope your Christmas went well. I hope your holidays are going well. I hope you uh, survived the uh, crazy cold weather that, that went across the country. That was some nutty stuff. All right. Uh, I've got family all over the country. So uh, I got a, I got a brother on the West Coast in San Diego. He was just fine. And then I got a sister down in Florida. She's in Jacksonville, was complaining about frosting or something like that in her area. While us in the Midwest are getting clobbered. We've got negative uh, 25 wind chill numbers. Uh, I remember it was just a couple of years ago that I was wearing shorts over to the family's house for Christmas. And this year, you know, I'm, I'm rocking long underwear. I got double socks, sweaters. I mean, I am, I'm loaded up, man. I'm like that kid in a Christmas story, all bundled up where I can't put my arms down. Like that's how cold things were, but things are getting better now, which is nice. Uh, anyways, MLB.com put together an article about breakout players in 2023. And um, what they did here is they went through each team. And they got the input from that particular team's beat writer that works for MLB.com and had them choose a, a player that they thought was going to break out in 2023. Now, John Denton is the guy for the Cardinals, and he chose outfielder Dylan Carlson as the breakout guy for the Cardinals in 2023. Now, here's what he said from uh, John's article here. Well, not his article, from this article, though, at MLB.com. This is what John has. The Cardinals believe so strongly in Carlson that they refuse to include him in any potential deals for Juan Soto or Sean Murphy in 2022. Those beliefs came even as the 24-year-old Carlson slumped with a 236 average, just eight home runs, and 42 RBIs. The Cardinals brass feels that Carlson, whose defensive skill in center field led to the trade of gold glover Harrison Bader, can bounce back and even improve on the 18 home runs and 65 RBIs that he had in 21. To reach his full potential in 2023, Carlson must perform better against right-handed pitching. The switch hitter had a 633 OPS from the left side last season. From the right side, he had an impressive 846 OPS. Now, none of this is breaking news, okay? For those of you who are Cardinals fans who listen to this podcast uh, as much as you can, this is not news. We know Dylan Carlson needs to be better in 2023, and he doesn't need to just be better. He needs to be a lot better in 2023, especially than what he was this past season, where he really became like a platoon player at the end of the year in the outfield, 
due to his lack of production from the left side of the plate. Still a great glove in center field. That was fine. That was fine. But as far as hitting, he stunk as a left-handed hitter last year. But my question is, what are reasonable expectations for Dylan Carlson for next year? Like, what would be a breakout season for Dylan Carlson? What, what kind of numbers does he have to put up? We saw what he did in 2021, which got us all pretty excited, right? You know, it was uh, the top prospect in the Cardinals organization. His future looked bright, as uh, Denton mentioned here, 266, 18 home runs, 65 RBIs. Did that in 619 at-bats as a rookie. All right, those are gaudy numbers for a rookie. That's fantastic. Then last year, comes off the cliff, man. 236, eight home runs, 42 RBIs. Does that at 488 at-bats. He deals with some injuries, which we're well aware of. We don't know how long the injuries were bothering him, though. That's kind of the issue here is that there were some struggles, and then we had injury problems, and then finally he uh, goes on the injured list later on in the year. But how long was he dealing with? with these thumb and hand injuries. We, we really don't know. Uh, we know he got injured where the ball, when he was playing center field, the ball goes off his thumb, off his glove, and that's where we think things started. That was August, but we're not totally sure. They never really explained what happened and uh, how bad he was suffering there. So numbers go down. My question is, is, is what he did in 2021, are those his like cap numbers? Is that the best Dylan Carlson's ever going to get to? Or is there more to come? So I dug into his minor league stats a little bit. So let's go back here. 2016, 17-year-old and rookie league. Uh, hits 251, three home runs, 22 RBIs, and 201 plate appearances. So nothing special there. 2017, again, he's 17 years old though, right? Uh, 2017, age 18, he's at A-ball in Peoria. Hits 247 home runs, 42 RBIs. Does that in 451 plate appearances. So Okay, I guess, but nothing nothing where you're just like, wow, this guy is something special. 2018, he plays at Palm Beach and Peoria, both are A-ball teams, combines for a 246 average, 11 home runs, 62 RBIs, and almost 500 plate appearances. Okay, again, nothing really to write home about. Like, he's fine, but nothing that jumps off the page at you. Then 2019 happens, and now he's 20 years old. Plays at Springfield and Memphis. So he goes from double A AA to triple A. Hits a combined 292, 26 home runs, 68 RBIs. And most of that damage, just to be honest, was done when he was at double A Springfield, where he hit 281, 21 home runs, 59 RBIs. Also stole 18 bags that year at double A. And then at triple A, he comes up, hits 361, five home runs, nine RBIs, and does that in 79 plate appearances. So crazy numbers at the end there when he does get the call up to AAA Memphis. So has a fantastic year. We start to see power. And granted, he's 20 years old now, so he's growing into his body, okay? He's going from a high school kid to where he would be, say, like a junior year in college, right? So he's growing into his body. He's getting stronger. So you expect the numbers to go up a little bit, and they did. Well, 2020, he makes the big league roster, okay? 2020, he's on the team, 21 years old, Hits 200, three home runs, 16 RBIs. But this is the weird COVID year, if you remember 2020. If you haven't, you know, forgotten it and put it out of your out of your memory altogether. So, but we haven't put a lot of stock into those numbers, whether a guy has a good or a bad year in 2020. We just here on this podcast, I don't do that because it was such a bizarre year. We don't even know what was going on. You know, everybody was confused. We're playing in bubbles and empty stadiums. Like, it's just nuts. 
So 2021 becomes Dylan Carlson's legit rookie season. He's 22 years old now, and you get the really good numbers that was mentioned before. 266, 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, and then you get last year. So are we expecting too much out of Dylan Carlson? Is, is, is are we are our expectations too high for what he can be offensively? Because he really hasn't shown in his career at any level yet that he's going to be much better than what we got in 2021. You don't play in a slugger's ballpark, so you're not expecting a big jump to say like if you're playing at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati or Coors Field in Colorado where numbers just go up no matter who you are playing. So the power numbers aren't likely to go up much more than that, right? Uh, A lot has been made about his lack of production against right-handers last year. 207, five home runs, 27 RBIs. He does that at about 350 plate appearances against righties. Now against lefties, he hits 305, three home runs, 15 RBIs. So a significant difference against lefties, right? And and we knew that last year. We were like, wow. Because that's why he wasn't playing against right-handed pitchers anymore. Because he couldn't hit them. In 2021, so let's go back to when he had his rookie year, his really good year against righties that year. He hit 243, 13 home runs, 46 RBIs. So he had the power, had the RBIs, but 243, not a, not a great batting average, right? Does that in almost 500 plate appearances against the right-handers versus lefties? Scorching hot, 342 average, five home runs, 19 RBIs. So he's had significantly more success against lefties in both of his full seasons up in the major leagues. Let's go to the minor leagues real quick, okay? That 2019 season, his arguably best season that he's had in professional baseball. Hits 292, 14 home runs, and 49 RBIs against right-handers. Against right-handers. And then against lefties, where he's excelled in the major leagues, his numbers were down, 245, seven home runs and 10 RBIs. Again, the power's there, but his batting average slipped a little bit. And I, I point all of this out because I wanted to see for myself. I wanted to go in, do a little bit of research to see if his struggles that he's had at the major league level against right-handers was, was something that he's been dealing with even in the minors, which shouldn't should it come as a surprise that he's having these problems. And clearly that's not the case. He's had success against right-handed pitching when he was in the minors. The left-handed stuff obviously continues to be really, really good, what he does against left-handers. It makes people think, and, you know, sometimes I think the same thing. You know, if you're better, you know, you're a switch hitter, okay? And if you're way better hitting with that one side of the plate than you are the other, what are you doing on the other side anymore? Like, why not just hit right-handed from here on out, even against right-handers? Like, why, why are you doing that? But... I've never been a switch hitter, so I don't know what it's like to to give that up or anything. But um, to expect anything more than what we got from him in 2021, it might be a stretch. It might be a stretch. So when John didn't list Carlson as a breakout candidate for next year, like what would be the breakout numbers, like I said at the beginning of all this? So is a breakout year 275, 25 home runs, 80 RBIs? Is that what it takes to, to be considered a breakout? Because that's what we hope we can get from him. But if he gives the team what they got from him in 2021 from the plate and, of course, his top-notch defense, which shouldn't be overlooked, okay? If he was hitting the numbers that he's got and then he was terrible defensively, 
then you could really complain about Dylan Carlson. But again, young guy, really plays good defense, great arm, accurate, plays a great outfield. And then on top of that, you've got a pretty good hitter. I think we'd be happy with that. If you got 266, 18 home runs, 60-something RBIs from him this year, I think Cardinal Nation would be happy. I think I would be happy with that. I would like better. Of course, you always want to strive for better numbers, but I, I think we'd be happy with that. And uh, just because I thought it was interesting, going through the other teams in this article, the Yankees actually listed Harrison Bader as their breakout player for next year. And then the Nationals chose former Cardinal Lane Thomas as their breakout player. Um, remember, Lane Thomas was on this team and he couldn't hit a lick. And then they traded him and he bounced to Toronto and now he's over in Washington. And uh, he had a decent year last year, 17 home runs last year for the Nationals. So, But I thought that was interesting that uh, a couple of other Cardinals or former Cardinals, I should say, uh, being listed as breakout players for their teams in 2023. Now we've talked about the team's need for uh, a veteran left-handed hitting bat. Okay. Uh, a player that has won four gold gloves, has won a silver slugger, was a, an all-star game MVP, has won a World Series, has just become available in this last week. I'll talk about him next, and uh, we can discuss whether or not he would be a good fit for the Cardinals next year. That's coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. BetOnline.net. Great website. Great website if you like to, to bet on things. Uh, they're your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Latest odds, trends for every professional and amateur league out there. And I'm talking pro football. Obviously, Thursday night football. Uh, what is it? Cowboys and Titans. So uh, a big game for, for Tennessee, obviously, because they're, they're just trying to, to win their division and make the playoffs. Dallas. Is having a good run, just fell uh, or just beat Philadelphia. So uh, Dallas having a, a, a good year so far. They're headed to the playoffs more than likely. Um, you've got college bowl season here. You've got basketball, NBA, NCAA. You've got NHL. And they've got all of the odds and everything available to you at betonline.net. Now, if you love sports podcasts, that's another thing that they have available. You can find those at BetOnline as well. Uh, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. That's what they say at BetOnline.net. Head to the website today. You can also use your mobile device to learn more. Very easily accessible by uh, hitting them up on there. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked on Sports today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked on's take of the day. That's Locked on Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Heading into the offseason, a veteran left-handed hitting bat seemed like something that this team might be interested in to replace Corey Dickerson, who was a free agent, right? Still is. And it wasn't that Dickerson did a bad job for the Cardinals last year. In fact, you know, he filled in admirably when he had to. But if you can find an improvement at a particular position on your roster, you do it, right? And if you can find somebody who's better than Corey Dickerson, then you do your due diligence and you go out and you talk to people and you, uh, you, you know, kick, kick the tires on some of these guys. And a lot of free agent bats uh, that we've looked at over the past couple of weeks since free agency started have either been signed, aren't that much of an upgrade in the first place over guys you've got like Alec Burleson or Nolan Gorman, or the team just flat out is not interested in them. But a new name has popped up and I wonder if it might be a good fit for the Cardinals. And we're talking about Eric Hosmer. 
Uh, Hosmer made news last year, if you remember, when he was part of the Padres trade to the Nationals for Juan Soto, but then held things up and vetoed that deal because he had a no-trade clause. So they, they sent former Cardinal Luke Voigt to the Nationals instead. Hosmer got to stay in San Diego. The Padres then, you know, obviously if you trade a guy and he says no, you can't just keep him around. That's not going to be great for team morale. So they uh, end up shipping him to Boston where he did virtually nothing. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He didn't do hardly anything. He didn't play much. Uh, he's now 33 years old and is clearly past his prime from, uh, you know, the good old days that he had with the Kansas City Royals. But But we're not trying to find a superstar. All right. That's not what we're looking for here. We're looking for a left-handed bat off the bench or somebody to DH. And we assumed we needed to find an outfielder for that role, but we've listed the Cardinals depth in the outfield before. And there, there's not a lot of wiggle room, right? I mean, if there's one spot on this roster where they're chock full of not only guys who can play now, but also uh, who can, uh, you know, our prospects in the outfield, then it's the outfield. So if you signed an Eric Hosmer, you wouldn't have to try to squeeze him into the outfield at all. He would essentially fill that Pujols role of uh, being a designated hitter and play some first base behind Paul Goldschmidt. Now, last year, he hit 268, eight home runs, 44 RBIs, and 419 plate appearances. Dickerson, 267, six home runs, 36 RBIs, and almost 300 plate appearances. Dickerson cost you $5 million. Not sure what you would have to pay Hosmer if uh, you, if you signed him. But it's just something to think about. Uh, rumor is the Cubs are looking at him, so it's possible he gets a chance to start somewhere. And if that's the case, then, you know, a bench roll for the St. Louis Cardinals is hardly an attractive option for him because most guys want to play every day. So if that happens, then we can just throw all of this out the window. But what do you think? I want to know what your opinion is. Would you give Eric Hosmer a whirl at a reasonable price? What's a reasonable price? Under $5 million, okay? Under what you did uh, give Corey Dickerson last year. So let me know in the comments section below and uh, we can discuss that a little bit because I'm intrigued by it. I, I don't think it's a horrible idea. I mean, if you can get him on a one-year deal, something cheap, you know, he's he's 33. He's not 43, you know, like maybe he's got, he put him in the right spot. He's got a little something extra to give, kind of like uh, Lance Berkman did uh, when he came to the Cardinals, you know? We've got the latest news and notes from around the league coming up next. Uh, a few more starting pitchers are now off the market and the latest news on Carlos Correa coming up on Locked on Cardinals. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're actually driving high? All right. They're supposed to know this stuff. They study this. Okay. Driving under the influence of marijuana. It can slow down your response time. It can change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think that you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you're going to drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. Now let's take a stroll around the league to see what everyone is up to. First, uh, let's go with the pitching. A couple of starting pitchers who we've talked about here before are now off the market. Uh, let's start with a guy who many considered as the best starting pitcher still available on the market, and that was 
right-hander Nathan Evaldi, who has agreed to a two-year, $34 million contract with the Texas Rangers. Now, that deal includes a third-year vesting player option along with performance bonuses. Evaldi spent two stints on the injured list last year, so he only had 20 starts, 6-3, and 3.87 ERA, 1.23 whip. He'll be joining a rotation that includes Jacob deGrom, who signed that five-year deal with Texas earlier this month, Andrew Heaney, who signed a, a two-year $25 million deal, Martin Perez accepted the Rangers' qualifying offer, so he's getting 19.65. They went and got Jake Odorizzi from uh, the Braves. They already have John Gray there. Not a bad little staff if if they stay healthy. Um, I Nathan Evaldi just didn't move the needle for me. You know, I don't think he's much better than the guys that we already have. If he is better than the guys the Cardinals already have. So I didn't see what the point was in trying to go out and spend 15 to 17 million on just another guy that pitches like the guys we have. So I, I really wasn't in on him joining the team. Uh, two-time Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber, somebody I talked about that, you know, maybe I'd be interested in, uh, agreed on a one-year $10 million deal with Evaldi's former team, the Boston Red Sox. The team has not confirmed the deal, which has a club option for $11 million. This was originally posted by ESPN's Jeff Passan. Um, signed a one-year $8 million deal with the Tampa Bay Rays last offseason. He tossed 164 innings over 31 starts and finished 2022 with a 4.34 ERA and a 1.21 whip. It was just going to be a depth piece if the Cardinals signed Corey Kluber. I, this doesn't hurt my feelings that they didn't. Uh, sometimes, you know, I just I like getting guys who have had a um, you know a track record of a lot of success. I like bringing them into St. Louis, which is a great environment, great fans, great city, great team, and seeing how they might you know step their game up a little bit when they get to that kind of atmosphere. So that's why I was kind of you know that might be cool to get Corey Kluber in there, but clearly he wants to play for every AL East team. So he's now going to play for the Boston Red Sox. He's already done the Yankees. He's already done the Rays. Uh, there's also uh, reportedly been some inquiries about Red Sox pitcher, Chris sale. Now, if available, I guess you have to, you know, you got to look at him. If he becomes available because when he's healthy, I mean, he's a lethal weapon on the mound, right? I mean, he is really, really good. The problem is that it hasn't happened very much since he signed that big deal with Boston. Uh, he's got a no-trade clause. He's set to make $27.5 million a year in 2023 and 2024, and he's only thrown 48 and a third innings since 2019. All right, that's not good. So until he proves he can stay healthy, I can't imagine the Cardinals are even going to sniff this idea, but if this becomes a a bigger rumor. Maybe we talk more about this uh, later on down the line. A uh, guy the team was interested in, catcher Sean Murphy, after getting traded to the Braves, he has now signed a six-year, $73 million extension with them. That deal includes a $15 million club option with no buyout for 2029, and that would give him a seven-year deal worth $88 million. He'll make just $4 million in 2023, nine in 2024, 15 in 2025 through 2028. And um, we're going to talk more about that deal because now that we know the numbers and we know that he's extended and we know what he had, to, they had to give up to get him. Did the Cardinals make the right decision by signing Contreras instead of waiting out the A's and making a deal for Sean Murphy? We're going to talk about that uh, at some other point. And the latest on Carlos Correa, according to the New York Post's Mike Puma, the shortstop remains committed for now to trying to finalize his deal with the Mets, but at least three other teams have been in touch with Correa to express interest in case the deal falls through, just like the Giants one did. 
Uh, source told MLB.com's Anthony DeComo that the Mets and Correa's representatives are working through the situation, although it's unclear when a resolution will be reached. He reports that neither side would say whether talks have resumed after a presumed break during this past holiday weekend. Uh, the Mets swooped in and agreed to terms with him on a 12-year, $315 million deal after Correa's reported deal with the Giants fell apart due to what the team called a difference of opinion over Correa's physical. The Athletic, which first reported that Mets officials were concerned about Correa's medicals, noted that the issue is regarding his surgically repaired lower right leg. Correa underwent arthroscopic surgery to repair a fractured right fibula that he sustained during a minor league game way back in 2014. But that issue hasn't caused him to spend any time on the major league injured list. But apparently it is a problem moving forward or they wouldn't keep bringing it up that he wouldn't keep having these issues that he's had with signing the deal in San Francisco and now with New York. It's just been kind of a mess in general, but it appears that something will likely get done with the Mets. But it's not 100 percent. We don't we don't know yet. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. Now make Locked on Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals. 